how do I sit here and cherish? You know? Yeah. I've been really trying to figure that out. Like, close the yeah. door, I'm cherishing! You know, like, <laughs> I don't know how you actually cherish. Hello, I'm Justin. I'm Mark. We're the J-Pops. And we are attempting parenting in Japan. Today, we're going to cover baby tracking apps and baby YouTube channels. But first, we'll dive straight into our updates.、Um, I've got a personal update. This is non baby related. Well, let's say slightly baby related.、Uh, hmm. My update right now is that I've got a fever of 100 degrees, my friend. Do you <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm running a real fever. I'm achy and hot. It's no good. But、wow. it's because I got my third corona shot、uh, last evening. Oh, okay. And、uh, the side effects are lasting into today.、Um, It was really fast in Kanazawa. I got the letter in the mail. You can、uh, reserve your shot online, actually, the messaging、nice. app. So you can befriend the city online. And then、huh. you、uh, scan a QR code and you enter your info via app. It messages you back instantly. Just so there's clarification, you're saying online, but it, it kind of sounds like you're saying online. So you're talking about the, the line messaging app. Yes, yeah,、uh, through yeah. that app. So you chat with Kanazawa itself and、nice. they,、uh, they hook you up. And they said, you know, choose your date. And I received it in the mail like on the,、uh, on the second. And then there was an available shot on the third. I was like, yeah, I'll、wow. take that one. And they were like, yeah, you're signed up, ready to go. So I went and got it、uh, yesterday late in the afternoon and、That's、smooth、great. sailing, no problem. So I'm boosted.、Uh, mm. What's funny is I'm. Ahead of a lot of people, I think. I'm a bit early in the game for Japan getting、yeah, a third、are. shot. I know my mother in law is getting her shot today and she's 65 years old. So I really <laughs> feel like I jumped the line. But、um, in the beginning, when I got my first couple of shots, they were organized by、uh, my workplace. And、wow. the workplace did it a bit faster than the city did. So、mm. that meant my first shot and second shot were quite early as well. And then I think the city took over for me for my third shot. And they saw, oh, wow, he got these shots really early. So then it, it must have pushed me to the front of the line for the third shot, too. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So yeah, I feel a bit guilty. And、uh, I was there with a bunch of elderly people. And I was, you know, undoubtedly <laughs> stealing some vulnerable person's shot. But what are you going to do? Well, good job getting protected. I also、yeah. kind of have some、uh, coronavirus vaccine updates. Oh, yeah. Personal level. So last year, I went back to America for some personal matters. And while I was there, it was like June, I decided to get my, my vaccine. So, and I was only there for like three weeks. So I didn't have a whole bunch of time to, to do the Pfizer or the Moderna. So I did the Johnson Johnson shot, just the one shot.、Mm-hmm. And so I got that on the day that I landed in Seattle. And、uh, when I came back to Japan, they told me, like, oh, you don't need a shot, blah, blah, blah. You don't need to do anything else. And that was it. So, all through fall and winter, I was just under the assumption that I was good and that when boosters came around, I would just be able to go and get it.、Mm-hmm. But that was not the case because Japan does not recognize the Johnson Johnson shot. They will、mm-hmm. not give a booster for people who got that.、Mm-hmm. So, I had to go through the whole system again and get my Pfizer shot from the beginning. And so,、wow. last week, last Monday, Or, I guess just a couple days ago now, I did my second Pfizer shot actually and was almost exactly like you. I had a little fever and I was kind of out of it for like half a day. And yeah.、Hmm. 
So you're one of the most vaccinated people on the planet now. Basically. Vaccines coming and going. You're doing well. Yeah, yeah. Just send them all my way. Bring them all to me. I'll take them. (laughs) Your third shot's not coming, or your fourth shot at this point won't come for years. It'll be a long (laughs) time before you get that one. Yeah, yeah. We'll fall. Fall, I'm crossing my fingers for. Not years. Yeah. I did, um, I said in the beginning that it was somewhat baby related. And I think the spin there is that you've got to do what you can to uh, vaccinate yourself to like try and keep the illness out mm. of the house pretty much. And I'm typically the one who runs a lot of errands and gets out there in the public. So if somebody's going to catch it, it'll probably be me. So might as well uh, boost her up as much as I can and as quickly as I can. So when we were looking at appointment dates, my wife said, yeah, just get it ASAP. And especially while we're still living with the in-laws so that if you have a fever, if you're sick, then we can, you know, recuperate with the in-laws helping us uh, Mm. before we, you know, go to our own house. And then if you have one parent out of commission, that would be no good. So um, this also happened, uh, it was also some advice that we got from the hospital pretty early on. And that was like, if your wife is lacking some sort of vaccine from her own vaccine record, then as the husband, you should go ahead and get it because at least you're cutting off one vector of that illness entering Mm. the house. Like say if you missed out on, you know, part of your MMR shot or some other vaccine that everyone's supposed to have, uh, you can go ahead and get it to try and help, you know, keep your household a bit safer. Uh, Mm. And that was, um, that was pretty wise of them to recommend in the beginning. I thought. Nice. All right. So that is my personal update. Uh, How about you? What do you got going on? In the baby update department, I guess um, we didn't have a, check up this week uh so we'll go in again next week and hopefully by that time the baby will have flipped but we're still going under the assumption that the baby hasn't flipped and c-section is scheduled uh but we did do a uh, a pregnancy like a baby class last week so the pre-parenting class that they give around in the city here we went and did that and they teach you like the bathing diapering clothing and then you, you have like this Q&A section with the midwife after after you go through all that practical stuff. And I was kind of surprised they didn't go over uh, feeding at all. I think they just go under the assumption that everybody's going to breastfeed here and then they don't try to give the father any knowledge about that. But I was trying to ask like questions like, you know, how much does a baby eat in a day? Like mm-hmm. at one time, how many milliliters do you give the baby and, and that kind of stuff? And they're like, oh, well. I don't know. <laughs> so, so, so all my questions failed. <laughs> That's still a mystery. No one knows. Um, well, it's interesting that you bring that up because we also had a class this week and hmm. my wife calls it a breastfeeding class. And I don't know if it's really a class class, but if it's just more of an instructional appointment with a midwife, hmm. uh, we've done it twice now, actually. So we had like a week two version and a week three version. Um, interesting. And the baby's three weeks old, in case I didn't mention that earlier. But yeah, we take him to the hospital, and it's pretty crazy detailed. You take the empty baby and weigh him. You have to like time this appointment, or rather time his feeding to match this appointment. So you need okay. to take him there when he's just hankering for a feeding. <laughs> and then they put him on a scale and weigh him. And then you go through a regular session of breastfeeding, and they put him on the scale and weigh him again to see exactly how much milk he's taking in. And it gives you an idea of like how much, you know, the mother's body is producing, how, you know, quickly Mm. the kid is drinking and you can answer a lot of those questions. And then if you need to supplement with, um, 
formula, then you know, okay, well, he's getting this many milliliters, so you need to give him X number of milliliters to compensate for maybe what he's not getting. Gotcha. Um, then there are a lot of questions uh, to answer as well. Like if the mother is not producing enough milk, there are ways to try to produce more, um, hmm. which is sort of your body responds to the amount that you produce. So say after a breastfeeding, you can pump some extra and then your body responds by making that much extra in the future if you mm. need to like up your production. Uh, so there are a lot of methods to it. And I think a lot of variables. Um, plus, I think you mentioned this before that they often take it for granted that the wife will learn a lot of this during her mm. six or seven day hospital stay. And I think that was true of my wife as well, that um, they get in there with all the details at that point And you learn yeah. not only about the breastfeeding, but about the formula. And then when your wife gets out of the hospital, she's just like a fountain of information at that point and you just mm. kind of follow along or at least that's the way it was in our case nice so that was our little class that we had or a little appointment there um mm. i did want to do one other updates on something that we talked about in the past and that's parental leave mm. i finally processed all the paperwork for parental leave um, you obviously have to wait until after the child's born then you have to go to the city office and you have to apply for things it takes them several days to process that paperwork and they give it back to you and then you take it to your place of employment. So this can take anywhere from two to three weeks to get all that straightened out. And we finally did that. And at the end of the process, they said, all right, so you're on parental leave until February 9th next year, the day before your kid's birthday. Hmm. But I was under the impression that it was a year from when you apply. Um, so yeah. I had applied... February 25th, which was the original due date. And I thought it would last up through February 24th, but hmm. they said, no, it's only up until the child's first birthday. And even the day before is when it legally has to end, um, hmm. at least for the father, as it was explained to me by the personnel section where I work. So, um, when I was looking through all that paperwork in the beginning, it was massively confusing with a lot of different schedules and sort of timelines right. and, you know, charts and all this sort of stuff. And it's different for everybody, depending on your needs and depending on who's paying it. Is it through the government or is it through some other organization that your company is a part of? So mm -hmm. it was very, very complicated. And I think I just lost that in the mix. But um, yeah, so I, hmm. I had to sacrifice two or three sweet, sweet weeks of parental leave. But um, you got screwed. Yeah, totally got screwed, man. <laughs> <laughs> they knocked me down from like, 54 weeks to like 51 <laughs> it's ridiculous i'll be writing my congressperson <laughs> um anyway yeah so i just wanted to update that if you're a nice. dad taking parental leave it's probably gonna be chopped the day before your kid's first birthday and that's the final word at least when i process my paperwork that's how it shook out gotcha and that's for people in japan obviously yeah. i do have an update on my leave which is going to be totally on the u.s system Oh, okay. My company is obviously based in Seattle, but I got that all figured out finally. Hmm. Since I work for a U.S. based company, I have to follow U.S. parental leave policies in general. And so as a nation, America doesn't offer any parental leave paid, I should say. State by state, some do. And uh, my company is based in Washington state. So they do offer 12 weeks of leave, but it's unpaid. And so if you have a job where you don't get any leave from that company, then you can apply through the state and your job is secure. So that's kind of a nice thing, but it doesn't really help because it's not paid. So you still got to go into work. However, my company is pretty cool 
and they offer 16 weeks for each mm-hmm. employee having a, having a baby. And so I'm, I've decided since I can't be there when the baby's born and then Moe's going to be in the hospital that day that she comes back, I'm going to start my leave and I'm going to take five full weeks off. And then they've given me some flexibility in how to use the remaining leave that I have. They don't, they really don't want me to take it all because then they've got to find somebody else to fill that work. And the way we're structured, it, it's, it's not very kind to my fellow coworkers to just pawn off all my work. So, mm-hmm. so I'm going to take that five weeks off initially all just mm-hmm. as one stretch. And then I'm going to take two days off every week. Ah, uh, that's nice. So, uh, in addition to your weekend, you get the extra yeah. two days. So you got three day work weeks for a long, long time for a long, long time. Yep. Yeah. That's nice. That's excellent. <laughs> this kind of thing always annoys me. Um, what, uh, you just mentioned there about how it's kind of incumbent upon you to not put your other coworkers in a hard spot because in all actuality, that should be the, either the government or the company or whoever's offering the leave, they should be sure that they can accommodate people's leave when they do go to take it. But in the end, um, often it's not structured that way. And you're running with not necessarily a skeleton crew, but you have exactly the number of people you need to do the job that you need to do. And then the, parental leave thing comes in it reminds me of um in japan a lot of times there's sort of a stigma on taking your vacation time um Mm. i haven't experienced this in my company exactly but i've heard about it a lot in other japanese companies that you know you don't want to take your vacation because you're just putting all that workload on your uh on your coworkers. so that uh really really annoys me that you have to feel that pressure when it should be organized above your head and they should have it all taken care of so that you can make use of it I should say, like, they're not putting that pressure on me. I don't know if this works the same in Japan. Uh My company is very flexible and nice about it. So they've Mm -hmm. just said, like, you get 16 weeks, basically just tell us how you want to use it. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I was thinking, like, basically, how how nice do I want to be to my coworkers? Because I work from home anyway, so I don't really, it's not like I need to take more time so I can be here. I'm going to be here regardless and Mm -hmm. i can kind of build my schedule around maybe feeding times or diaper changing and that kind of stuff so i figured i might as well go back so kind of my my coverage isn't needed so long yeah that's good um the ideal scenario would still be that you say hey we're going to have a baby and they say congratulations when do you want to start your 16 weeks off yeah that's what's coming to you pal yeah you know but then uh, i understand the feeling too of you don't want to put this undue pressure on other people and i've done a bit um here and there to sort of i'm on parental leave now but there are a couple of things that i want to wrap up mm. for the company just because i'm in a position to do it and other people aren't really um, so I've still got a couple of tasks ahead of me that I want to do, but at least it's a, a one-off sort of thing. And then mm-hmm. I, you know, get it out of my hair anyway. Yeah. I just wish that those systems were just like, I wish they were a hundred percent user friendly and right. you could just walk into it and it were a breeze, but I guess maybe that's unrealistic for everybody to, to operate that way. Mm. I always think of like, if you have a little cafe and there's like four employees and then one of them goes, what do they do? It's a lot easier if you have a thousand employees and somebody can just absorb you yeah. Know, yeah, your definitely. responsibilities. But yeah, so it's not a one size fits all for sure, but I just wish it were closer to perfect. Mm. All right. Well, I think those are updates, eh? Yep, I'd say so. 
let's launch into segment time. Want to go over some tracking apps? Yeah, that sounds good. Now that kind of Moe and I are getting getting ready for this baby to come into the world, we decided to figure out some ways to to track things a little easier. And I know you have already started using one. I think we mm-hmm. researched some different ones than what you're using, though. Um, mm-hmm. So we found two apps in, uh, or at least I did, in the U.S. App Store for Android. Uh, one of them's called Glow, and one of them's called Baby Daybook. And both of these apps are pretty similar. They track feed times, type of feeding, diaper changing, sleep, um, pretty much anything that you can think of, playtime. One of them has tummy time. One of them has walks. You can do your vaccines and all that stuff. So I think we're we're definitely planning on using one of those when when our little one gets here. Have you have you started using yours? Yeah, we got into it. Uh, I guess my wife got into it before I did. The one we landed on is called Piolog, and this is a Japanese-based one. But there's an English version of it if you search through the like uh, U.S. App Store, English language App Store. Mm. Uh, Pio is P-I-Y-O log L-O-G. It's all one word. And um, as you informed me, Pio is the sound of a newborn chick. Mm. So Pio Pio. It's the Pio log. <laughs> the good thing about Pio log, and I, you told me earlier today about this and the ones that you're checking it's the syncing that's very useful yeah so i've got the information on my phone my wife has the information on her phone and if either of us updates it it updates for both Mm. you know so we we see it in real time and um there are so so many things that you can track uh in po log and i'm sure there are you know various collections of these things and other apps as well but I'm just going to read through the options at the bottom. These are things that you can enter about your baby. Hmm. Uh, nursing, formula, sleep, wake up, pee, poop, both, <laughs> pee and poop, body temperature, height, weight, head size, <laughs> EBM. I don't know what EBM is. I think it's dance music. Hmm. Uh, solid food, snacks, meal, drinks, cough, vomit, rashes, injuries, baths, medicine, hospital, vaccine, walks, pumping, milestones others and then custom one two three four five six seven eight nine ten so you can enter data about all of this stuff as it happens my wife and i uh, only use nursing and formula she does the nursing i do the formula and we enter the time that we fed the baby and how many milliliters or in the case of breastfeeding how many minutes uh the baby fed interesting so the really useful thing about this is um, if you want to cut your partner a break, then you should take over one of the late shifts by yourself. Mm. You know, so like in an average night, we'll both do, say, like the 11 p.m. feeding and changing. And then I'll wake up at 2 or 2.30 and do that one by myself. And then she'll wake up at, say, 5.30 or 6 and do that one by herself. Mm. So we each get a little bit more of a window to sleep. But then if something happens, like if he doesn't eat much or if he eats a whole lot, You don't want to wake up your partner and tell them. So you just put it in the app at that time. And when your partner wakes up, they can see what's occurred in the previous feeding. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, it's a really nice thing. And then you can sort of track it. In the beginning, we were really kind of in the weeds about like, I don't know, is he growing fast enough? And is he, um, you know, maybe needing more milk because he's gotten bigger? Maybe we should try 90 milliliters, maybe 100 Mm. milliliters. And then 
very quickly because you're doing it so many times a day, you forget where you were. Mm-hmm. And it's a real Groundhog Day situation. It's actually like a Groundhog three hours that happens again <laughs> and again and again. So I've noticed in the last three weeks, my wife will ask me a question about like, oh, how much did he eat before? And I'm like, well, let me think about the last 40 times that I fed him <laughs> in the past couple of days. And I can't remember. I have no idea. Right. So um, it's good to track it at the time and then just log it. And it takes about five seconds and then it's there and you can always refer back to it. And mm. your partner can refer back without needing to wake you up or vice versa. Mm. Nice. So one other thing is um, we don't use a lot of these options. Obviously, I read probably 20 or 30 options and we only use two of them. But I think that this comes in handy if your baby is, for example, constipated, Mm -hmm. then you would think like, when was the last time he went? And then you might start using the the pee poop function for a few days until that works itself out. And then also, if you had to go to the doctor, you would have a perfect record of, you know, what he's done and when he's done it. Yeah, I was Um, thinking that that might be pretty useful. This might be too much information but we actually do this with our dog we have a little chalkboard that we keep and we track all of her like eatings what time she pees and what time she poops so that we Mm -hmm. know like if we're going to bed like and she hasn't pooped in a while we're like okay we got to make her go yeah kind of thing so it seems really useful with a baby especially yeah that's very handy and i think there are probably apps for that for the dog i'm sure the Mm. chalkboard cuts it but yeah this is like a you know, very deep version of that. Yeah. And you guys will be ready for it. Also, if the kid gets sick, I foresee a lot of these um, mm. becoming a lot more useful, like body temperature. Uh, also, maybe at that point, the the pee poop icons. Um, and if there's something you're worried about in particular, like if the weight is not progressing like the doctor told you it has, then you would start tracking the weight, you know. So a lot of them, I think, are kind of like break glass in case of emergency. And then you start, you know, focusing in on that one. Hmm. But um, as for my wife and I, we don't have too many troubles so far. And it's just about keeping that feeding schedule sorted out. Nice. Yeah. Even the nursing app, by the way, it says um, left and right. Yeah. So (laughs) you want to know how much time we spent on each side. And as I was talking about before in that breastfeeding class, if you need to produce more milk, then you can say instead of 15 minutes on each side, have him do 20 minutes on each side and then give him that much less formula. And you can track all of that stuff in the app as well. I think it's funny that the, the Japanese app is so um, vague with the terms. They Uh don't, they don't call it breastfeeding. They call it nursing, nursing, Uh and they don't call it like left boob or right boob. They just say left or right. It's in the little icon. You can change what the icons look like, but the default icon for nursing is a kid who's just diving in there. It's just a kid <laughs> latched onto a boob and he's got full cheeks and he seems very happy. Yeah. So the, the picture is a bit more um, evocative, but yeah, the name's more demure. I guess so. Yeah. When I look at the American versions of these apps, it's always like breastfeeding, left boob, right boob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I think it's been useful so far and it's not a hassle. That's the main thing mm. is... A lot of stuff and gadgets and apps are just a hassle, but this one is relatively simple yeah. and uh, it's good for sharing info. And I foresee it being good for informing doctors with some sort of exact numbers if the situation ever arises. Nice. So I'm pretty happy to be using it so far. There's also a journal function if you just needed to, say, leave a note for your partner about something related to the baby. It'll pop up in the feed that's gotcha. within the app and you'll see the journal note. 
Gotcha. Does this have like a paid version? Is there are there any features that you know that you're not getting right now on the free version? I don't know if there's a paid version, but this does have advertising. So oh, okay. you've got a pretty fat ad in the middle of your log uh, mm-hmm. that you can scroll down through. And there's a, a Japanese ad. I have no idea what it's for, of course, <laughs> but um, there are there are ads in there. So maybe gotcha. you can pay to get rid of those. But as it is, it's all there. It's all unlocked just with the ads. Okay. That seems to be similar across the board of all the apps I've seen then. Well, I can recommend PO Log, but again, it's based on like three days of experience. So far, so good, though. And segments. Number two. You told me that you have some baby-friendly YouTube channels, and I told you that I have a baby-friendly YouTube channel just by coincidence. Yeah. So what is your baby YouTube channel? So I was talking to a mutual friend of ours about a week ago, and it came up that they were also doing baby sign language with their kid and their kid's now about two years old. And I guess they've been doing it for over a year with him. I think they started a couple months after he was born and he, the dad swears by the YouTube channel, Rachel and the tree schoolers, which is kind of this blues clues style show on YouTube where the teacher will sign stuff as she talks So the kids Mm -hmm. kind of pick up this signing, talking, and then there's pictures of the stuff that she's doing as well. So it's a very easy concept to grab for kids. And he said, you know, just doing that stuff basically, and then just kind of reinforcing it at home with the kid. So he'll like sign Mm -hmm. stuff while he's talking. He said his kids picked it up really, really quick. That's good. Yeah, I have not thought about signing through a YouTube channel. I was thinking in the back of my mind, uh, I would hunt up some flashcards on Mercari, Mm. uh, which I haven't done yet. I want to track down some flashcards and as Bobby Judo said, use them as kind of story time before bed. Uh, But the boy that I have is three weeks old and he's (laughs) like not so keen on, you know, signing it. Yeah. Not signing yet, not following story time and that sort of thing. So I feel like I have kind of a window to get him involved um yeah he's very cute he's doing things day by day for sure but i just feel like none of that's registering yet so pressure's off for a little while got another week yeah i got another (laughs) week in him before i uh i told him to get a job yesterday uh because he was trying he likes to stretch his legs out so i help him stand up on his stretched out legs i was like yeah you're almost old enough to walk and then you can go get a job I also had the thought I was shoveling snow the other day and I thought like, man, if that baby could just do 10% of this, it would save me so much effort. And uh, Uh, those are where my thoughts go right out of the gate. Yeah. I think about that stuff every winter, this winter, especially we had a lot of snow and I was like, Oh, if I'd only planned this like four years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And even if he's small, I can give him a dustpan or something. Right. He could, you know, scoop up here and there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've always got my eye on the prize. Less nice. work for me. That's what I want. So what's your YouTube channel that you're ta- you were thinking about? My YouTube channel, it's also a website. And this is about lullabies. Have you hmm. looked into any kind of like baby music or lullabies yet? No, not really. Oh, yeah. It's really nice. Um, I mean, lullabies are kind of like, the most common baby thing you might think of seems a little played out and are they good for anything? But in my experience, like lullabies 
I feel like I've listened to, you know, a hundred of them now. Hmm. And just that kind of instrumental, like chilled out, peaceful baby music in the background. Uh, hmm. I feel like the pace of it is always slow. The instrumentation is always these gentle sounds. Right. And it must be designed specifically to relax the baby and maybe, you know, make them chill out rather than to hype them up. So no EDM. Yeah, no EDM gets mixed in there, but you will be surprised by some of the the lullabies that I've tracked down here. So I think they're uh, whoever's making lullabies, they're operating with some very strict musical rules. Like we have to keep it a lullaby, have to keep it functional for the baby, especially if they're trying to sleep. And during a feeding time, it seems like a nice, almost white noise kind of a thing, but mm-hmm. a little bit better than white noise. And then it really seems to chill out the baby. Uh, I have no scientific evidence of this, but I just like it and it seems to work. Okay. So uh, my sister, uh, she recommended to me, she found a channel. It's just a mix of eight or nine videos and they're Elliot Smith songs that have been done as lullabies. Okay. And I don't know if, I don't know if you're a big Elliot Smith fan, but I used to be, yeah. among my siblings and I, he's our number one for sure. Nice. So she told me, um, yeah, oh, there's an Elliot Smith lullaby channel. And you should go check it out. So the people who make the Elliot Smith songs in lullaby form, they're called Twinkle Twinkle Little Rockstar. Nice. And Twinkle Twinkle Little Rockstar, if you go to their website, they sort of list all of the musicians that they've done, say, eight, nine, ten songs of. Hmm. And they're all sold as albums. And they have... I think I counted 425 different musicians available. Damn. So what we're going to do is uh, you tell me like, I mean, if you go way, way off the beaten path, like if you say bird cloud, they're not going to have bird cloud, you know, but if it's more or less like a household name, then it's here. Or if it's just a band that you like, that's maybe not the most popular, it's probably here. So give me like three bands and I will search the Twinkle Twinkle Little Rockstar archives and see if they have it. ACDC. Yes. Wow. ACDC is on here. And I'm going to click through and see what songs we've got from ACDC. They have 12 songs. For those about to rock, we salute you. It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. Highway to Hell, Dirty Deeds, Dun Dirt, Cheap Hells, Bells, Back in Black, TNT. I mean, all the classics. All the classics. Sounds good. Oh, Thunderstruck. That's amazing. Uh, give me another band. Hmm. Another band. Weezer. Weezer? Yes. They've got their Weezer channel. I was expecting Weezer. I was not expecting ACDC. Yeah. It looks like they've also got 12 Weezer songs. We've got Say It Ain't So, Buddy Holly, Hashpipe, El Scorcho. Classic. Mm. Nice. All right. Give me one more. I will dive in. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go a little outside the box on this one. Eminem. Eminem, yes, definitely. Also, 12 tracks. We've got Lose Yourself, Stan, Rap God, Mockingbird, Monster, all the Eminem classics. The ultimate question, though, for you, Mm -hmm. do they have Nicki Minaj? Here's the thing. They are called Twinkle Twinkle Little Rockstar, so they really trend rock music. And occasionally okay. like an Eminem slips in, but they don't go as deep as Nicki Minaj. Oh, okay. um, the only other one that I was truly disappointed about is the Mars Volta. Listen to a lot oh. of Mars Volta, but I don't know how you could make it peaceful or soothing. So maybe they, they gave up on that one. But just hmm. flipping through, I mean, you've got um, like Pantera, uh, widespread <laughs> panic. Um, let me just 
I'll just slide through here. Uh, tool typo negative. I'm obviously going reverse alphabetical. So generally really hard music. <laughs> yeah. But then a bit of lighter stuff like James Taylor and they have some like Disney classics. They'll have an album of Disney classics. Huh. They have Taylor Swift. They have like some soundtracks like uh, the La La Land soundtrack. They do several oh. songs from that. Nice. Um, as I look through, I mean, just so many cool, crazy versions and they're all so professionally done. It's not like some guy who's making a fake, horribly recorded sounding lullaby. It's all mm. like very well produced stuff. Here's some Slayer, some Sia, some Paul Simon, <laughs> Frank Sinatra. I mean, just anything. Sex Pistols, um, Bob mm. Seger. Yeah, it goes on and on. So there's also like the hits of 2016. If you're into that kind of thing. I mean, I like this uh, this idea, like exposing them to these these melodies and stuff. But then, like, mm-hmm. I think like when they're older, and I want to like actually play some Sex Pistols for the kid, and they're going to be like, "Oh, this isn't Sex Pistols." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a pale imitation of the relaxing Sex Pistols I grew up on. Yeah, I was wondering about that, but I like uh, the melodies of things. Sometimes the it doesn't translate that well, like Pantera. Mm is more about the noise and the attitude. And yeah. then when you strip that down to a bare melody, there's not actually that much happening. Uh, but somebody who's right. a really talented songwriter, like an Elliot Smith, there's a lot going on in his songs. Mm. And the lullaby versions are beautiful and really intricate. So yeah. um, I would pick and choose. Uh, I'm also a big Vampire Weekend fan, and they mm. have a, a Vampire Weekend album as well. So the only thing I would caution against is actually buying their albums because oftentimes they're like eight or nine songs. And if you buy the album, then it's always 15 bucks uh, or thereabouts. And which seems a bit expensive to me for just some lullaby versions. You can watch them on YouTube, but then you've got ads if you watch a, you know, playlist. So the ads are popping up in the, in the middle. Yeah. You got to add block or you got to pay for the YouTube subscription or whatever it is. Yeah. But anyway, twinkle, twinkle, little rock star. I have enjoyed it. You know, I haven't bought an album in so long. I don't even mm-hmm. know what they go for now. Everything's just yeah. Spotify before that. It was like, uh, what was it? Pandora. Yeah. Even before that, what was Napster? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. LimeWire. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, still buy albums but i'll go on mercari and you can get cds so cheap used uh, or huh. i'll buy used albums in like a hard off or something and uh, uh, that's that's the way i go about it these days but i'm still a cd man still have a cd wallet or a cd case in my car to this day you still use it oh yeah buddy even the Heck new yeah. card isn't it all bluetooth and fancy? yeah it's fallen out of fashion for sure, but we still carry the CDs around and it has a CD player. So uh, we'll oh, occasionally wow. still pop one in. That's just how old school we are. People have been making fun of me for the, the CD case for years now. And I'm not just making keeps... fun. I'm just, I'm honestly surprised. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, uh, but it's just, it's crazy that it's been laughable for like at least, <laughs> I mean, I say five years, it's been laughable for probably 15 years. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I can't give it up. That's it fine. just works. Yeah. Yeah. Stick with what works. Uh, that's another little recommendation. Check out Twinkle Twinkle Little Rockstar uh, for yes. all your lullaby needs. Very good. I think that segments us up, right? Yes, we are all segmented right up. Uh, how about a question? Do you have a question for me? I do.
it's kind of a broad question, but seeing as how you've got more parenting experience than me, what advice would you give to someone about to be stepping into your shoes that you wish you would have had? Ooh, that I wish I would have had is interesting. Um, I've got some advice, but it's just my deeply held wisdom of the ages. (laughs) I already knew it, obviously, as I was stepping foot, but that I wish I would have had. Um, Well, since you know most of it, then just tell me which (laughs) advice you think I should know. (laughs) Uh, Okay, I'll do one of each. Something that I wish I had known at the time is that it's not actually too much of a hassle. Like you picture, oh, the baby needs everything and that's my whole life. Mm. And you picture it being like sort of a constant neediness that goes on. But it's more like... uh, a project or a, I mean, a project is obviously a very light and a sort of impersonal <laughs> way of saying it, but it's like something you're totally devoted to and uh, mm. in sync with and enthralled with. And then all those steps that you have to take, you're eager to do them pretty much. Like, I don't mind a diaper change at all. It's just something mm. that really needs to happen. And this little person really, really needs it to happen for him. And then I'm mm. happy to do it. You hear like diaper changing, gross, oh, it's so nasty, but it's actually not a hassle. It's not that much work or it doesn't feel like work or it's not a problem anyway. So I think a lot of the anxiety or at least like anxiousness of like everything's going to change or whatever, it's going to change for sure, but you're not going to mind that it changes and you're not going to mind things that are suddenly before you, you know? Gotcha. So I think um, if people thought about that or kept that in mind, that would dispel probably a lot of worries going in. Hmm. And then another one, and this is something that I I heard a long time ago, but it's more just about marriage, uh, that the key to, I don't know if it's a key to a successful marriage, but something that's very valuable to remember in a marriage is think of a marriage as doing it 60-40 and always try to be the 60. And then Hmm. if you're doing that and if the other person's doing it, then you're both sort of, you know, improving things day by day and growing. And if you can just set your goal at being the 60, then that's going to get you really, really far and, you know, try to make things lighter for the whole family. So as we've said many times, there are a lot of tasks that have to be done when the baby pops up. So if you can just figure out a way to try and do the majority of them just by Mm -hmm. a little bit, then you know that everything's going to be taken care of. And if that's your bar, you're not going to feel like you're like, oh, I'm overworked because that's what you're striving for. You know, that's what you want to do. So right. you're, you're not being put upon with extra work. That's what you're deciding. So I would say, um, yeah, try to be the 60 and then don't sweat it too much. This is also yeah. my easy mode perspective. And mm-hmm. things are like so much harder for other people. And, um, you know, it's even the frame of reference that I have. Sort of the worst case I can imagine is being a single parent, like with another kid and you're working. I don't know how that is done. I don't know how you managed your time. If you're in that situation, it seems very, very tough. But then that's like, still, that's like a first world thing. Like what if your concerns are clean drinking water? Like I can't Mm -hmm. even put myself in that headspace. So I'm definitely a one percenter on like ease of raising a baby. And so my advice might not apply like very, uh, broadly, but, um, at least for the kind of lives we're living, I think that's helped me along the way. Nice. Yeah, I think that's pretty good advice going about that. I think it's just going to be me and Moe, but we're maybe not set up as 
comfortably as you are there with the four people helping out. But mm-hmm. I mean, we both have time off work. We have a nice house and, you know, ample opportunity basically to get things right. Yeah. Yeah. It should be pretty, pretty cushy as far as it goes. So yeah, I don't want to go like too off into the weeds with it, but something I've also heard about kids is like a lot of their future success comes down to how many words they're exposed to in the first several years of life. You know, like if a kid's often isolated or left alone, is not getting a lot of interaction, the kid doesn't develop as well. And you can measure it by, you know, how many tens of thousands of words did you hear uh, every, Hmm. you know, whatever the time period is. And so um, I've taken that to heart. I started like reading uh, a book to the kid and not a children's book, but like an old Winnie the Pooh book. That's like you're reading 1984. Yeah, this one. Okay. I got a book called life's edge and I was reading it and then it came time to um, feed the baby. And I was like, well, I'll just, you know, finish feeding him. I'll just keep reading what I was reading out loud. (laughs) And um, life's edge is like the scientific investigation of defining what life is, you know? Oh, interesting. And um, it's just a science book more or less. And I was reading it, but then it got into like <laughs> the part that I was reading was about baby developmental problems. <laughs> I just oh, felt no. guilty, like <laughs> reading that to a baby. Like, I don't want to, you know, make you laden with these potential worries. But <laughs> anyway, yeah. So like a lot of embryo talk. So I, I kind of shied away from that, got right back into the Winnie the Pooh. But yeah, so I've um, definitely been trying to interact with the kid as much as possible, speak Good. to him, read to him, even though it feels like it's water off a duck's back, like he's not really paying attention right. or anything. At least he's like kind of in that world. But it's a lot of bonding too. I mean, just having you there, hearing your voice, talking to him. So even though he's not picking up anything, he's getting that connection. Yeah, yeah. And that's very valuable. The bonding time, especially for the dad who's kind of, you know, not breastfeeding obviously and missed yeah. the first week with the mother in the hospital. So yep. it's good to catch up that way. Um, I did, I think I had a realization. I don't know. You can judge okay. whether this seems like a realization or not, but <laughs> I hate it when somebody gives me advice that's like ephemeral or it's some type of like, um, mm. like it's not concrete advice, but it's like, you know, try whatever. And it's just this loose concept or whatever. And something that I've been hearing from a lot of parents is when you have this young baby, they're like, cherish it, cherish this time. (laughs) And I'm like, how do I sit here and cherish? You know, I've been really trying to figure that out. Like, close the door. I'm cherishing. You know, like, (laughs) I don't know how you actually cherish. And uh, Hmm. I don't like the advice because they're not telling me how to cherish. They're just saying cherish. And sometimes I think you only cherish in hindsight. You look back and you're like, oh, it was so sweet and it passed me by so quick. I should have cherished it, but I don't know what the step is. Well, you're cherishing it then, so good job. Yeah, maybe good job. (laughs) Well, my concrete answer to how to cherish is don't distract yourself from what's happening right in front of you with the kid. Uh, So don't listen to a podcast when you need to be feeding him. Just like babble to him. And Mm. don't uh, work on something on the side and then have him off to the side and, you know, like giving him the secondary attention. But uh, that's the best I can figure in terms of cherishing is like really being involved and like look him in the eye and talk to him and don't uh, have a half attention sort of a thing. And that's as best I can do to sort of equate to cherishing. it. Mm. That makes sense. Like be more present. 
yeah, hopefully that'll pay off in the long run and I'll look back and think like, yeah, I did cherish it. It was fine. Nice. Okay, good advice. Yeah, my hope anyway. I will try to cherish. Try to cherish him. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you have some Japanese of the day? Yes, sir, I do. Today's Japanese of the day, it's a very simple one. You're going to use it a million times and it's omutsu. Which is, of course, omutsu. it's a diaper. Ah. And the omutsu, uh, people talk about it all the time. You have to ask for omutsu, give omutsu, search for omutsu, restock the omutsu. It just comes up so frequently. Mm. And um, from my coworkers, I got a present uh, just a few days ago, and it involved omutsu. It's what's called a diaper cake. <laughs> have, you, have you heard about a diaper cake before? Uh, I don't think so, but if... Is this like an American thing where they make a cake looking like a diaper? It's actually diapers stacked up made to look like a cake. And it's like That's you're... the worst kind of cake. <laughs> it's the worst cake. <laughs> the box actually said, do not eat. <laughs> like in a panic. I don't know how many diapers there are, but they're sort of like arranged in a circle for the bottom layer and then a tighter circle for the top layer. And it looks like a wedding cake, basically. Gotcha. And it's a couple, two or three tiers, and then it's decorated with little presents, like a little teething ring and some socks and little baby okay, stuff. That's all pretty up cool. It. So yeah, it looks like uh, yeah, it's basically a wedding cake, but made of diapers and with little baby toys on it. I'm imagining a lot of diapers. Like, is this like more than fifty or so? Yeah, I don't think it's that many. I think it's more about the look and the presentation okay. of it, and then you walk away with, let's say, like 25, 30 diapers, and you're like, okay, yeah, I'll use okay, those for a couple sure. days. Yeah, I get a couple of days out of them and uh, <laughs> a couple of little toys and stuff. Uh, so that was very nice. But I got the nice. uh, omutsu cake and hmm. uh, very sweet gift. But that's a very valuable word for everyone. And that's all of our Japanese of the day. So I think we can probably hmm. tell a couple old dad jokes. Do you have any today? Or is this all me stumping you with Star Wars? Yes, I have one prime NBA related dad joke today. Uh, how many dad jokes are you sitting on? Perfect. I have two perfect Star Wars jokes. Oh, okay, okay. Well, you give me one, and then we'll ping pong it back and forth. Okay. Where did Luke get his cybernetic hand? Uh, Where did Luke get his cybernetic hand? No idea. The second hand store. Okay, okay. (laughs) Makes perfect sense. (laughs) Makes perfect sense. Yep. I am very impressed with this joke. I don't know if it exactly makes sense, but I I really like it anyway. Why was the French archaeologist interested in how old a certain NBA star was? (laughs) Why was a French archaeologist interested in how old a certain NBA star was? I have a feeling this setup is going to be more funny than the punchline of this joke. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I have no idea. He was studying LeBron's age. (laughs) Are you with me? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's French. Uh, LeBron's age. Everybody knows that's how they say the Bronze Age. That's exactly how it's said, I think. Our one French (laughs) listener would tell us. (laughs) Okay, my last one. Why couldn't Luke find love uh, I mean, because he was barking up the wrong tree with his sister, for one thing. Uh, I, But I don't know. I don't know. Why couldn't he find love? I mean, you're kind of right. 
he was looking in Alderaan places. Alderaan <laughs> was the name of something in Star Wars. Was that a uh, planet? Yes. Was that Leia's home planet? Uh, yes. Okay, okay. Perfect. Nice. Nice. That's a good joke. Very nice. It jogged my memory about the word Alderaan. <laughs> okay, that's all I got today then. All right. Well, I think we can draw it to a close here. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening. We hope this week's episode was informative and interesting. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us either on Twitter at jpopspodcast or by email at info at We'll talk to you next time. Later.